Blog Talk Radio. Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes, I'm Dave Holcomb, back in the host chair. We've got another full show for you today. We are in NFL offseason. I know our show is dominated by the NFL for about five, six months of the year, but no NFL stories today. We're going to start off with you, Darvish, signing with the Chicago Cubs this past week. But in general, where has the hot stove been in the baseball offseason? We're going to try and find it today and explain why maybe baseball's free agency bubble has burst. The Olympics are also going on this week, uh, all, all of this past week, and the, this upcoming week as well as uh, they compete in South Korea. But are you watching? We're going to explain why and why not we are watching. Uh, one of our hosts today is going to explain why he's not watching, and, and another one of us is going to explain why he is. So we're going to have two different sides there, and we want to hear from you. Are you watching the Olympics? What events are you into? What uh, sports do you like to watch? Uh, why and why not? Give us a call, 516-387-1417. We're also going to fit NHL into the end of the show, as we have the last few weeks. Uh, it's become a norm on the show to kind of squeeze it in at the end. Um, so we'll, we'll get a Penguins topic and hopefully a Blackhawks topic as well at, at uh, the bottom of the hour. But I'm going to welcome on my co-host now, Hunter in Virginia. Hunter, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Very good. Just hoping that uh, we can get Tom on the show quickly i think uh made a mistake with sending him uh the wrong invite but uh hopefully he joins us soon uh anything going on in virginia today virginia virginia tech celebration end yet from uh, last week's uh, uh victory <laughs> yeah um i um yeah it did uh i heard a couple fireworks go off <laughs> but uh um they played georgia tech today um in basketball they um um, that's it mostly. Um, they just have to win a couple more games and they'll be back in the tournament. But uh, we're supposed to get some snow and ice here today, so I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, better to just stay inside, yeah, when you have weather like that. Actually, I forgot. Virginia Tech is in uh, Atlanta today at 12 o'clock. Yeah. Playing Georgia, playing Georgia yeah. Tech. Mm-hmm. I think we have Tom on the line now. Tom, how you doing? Or maybe we don't. <laughs> Tom, can you hear me? Tom's technical difficulties. Well, we're hoping Tom join. Oh, Tom, can you hear me? Tom, you there? We had him there for a second, didn't we, Hunter? Yeah, we did. I thought I heard him speak. He yeah, I, heard, I thought I heard him too. He may be trying to fiddle with his mic. Yeah, it's probably what it is. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break here at the top. Just uh, bear with us here. Hopefully uh, we'll, all three of us will be here when we get back, and then we'll get rolling on with the show. Friday Night Music Productions is calling all musicians out there to join us for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, an event to beat the Guinness World Record for the largest rock band playing one song in the same place and time, and we want you to join us. For more information and to register, visit us at www.fridaynightmusicproductions.com. Are you looking for a fun and creative way to enjoy fitness? Whether for health, wellness, or as a hobby, Katie Sunshine Hoops is the answer. Affordable, custom-made by-hand hula hoops, fitness hoops, art pieces, hoop dancing videos, and advice are available at www. 
www.katysunshinehoops.com. Einstein and Moo is Jennifer Milius's exciting new children's book series about two black and white cats who are brother and sister and have great adventures. The first book, Einstein and the Leap, is all about playful Einstein. Suitable for children of all ages and cat lovers alike, Einstein and the Leap is a wonderfully written and illustrated book that will capture your heart. Buy your copy of Einstein and the Leap today at www.rsplaunchpad.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble Nook. Welcome back to WRSP Radio's Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollan, Hunter Hodes. I'm Dave Holcomb. Uh, we're still waiting on Tom, but we're going to get rolling here, and we hope Tom is able to join soon because we're going to talk about his Cubs, Hunter. Oh, not fun. No, because he's <laughs> just going to talk about Theo for the whole show, right? Well, he is the best leader in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, so he says. <laughs> hey, Forbes magazine, man. It's official. When it's Forbes, uh, yeah, pretty legit. <laughs> yep. Well, anyway, today's show is brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And we're hoping for a lot of interaction today, especially when we talk about the Olympics. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a call, 516-387-1417. You can also tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. And uh, we do have a caller on the line. I'm hoping it's Tom. Are you there, Tom? Uh, yeah. Uh, are you hearing me? This is caller. Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> you can hear Hi, Tom. Okay. Yeah, I got some things to say about your show. Uh, your technology sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we knew that already. <laughs> oh, God. Never had so much trouble trying to get into a show. You guys must be popular. Oh. Well, yeah, the switchboard has been going crazy here. At, oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Here in the studio. Tom has mic problems. Uh, no, just hunter problems every now and then, but no mic problems. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> All right, so we we were going to talk about the Cubs to start, Tom, um, and we're glad you're here Mm -hmm. now because we want to hear your Chicago perspective. Uh, The Cubs added you, Jarvis. You, you, we want you. Okay. We have Um. you. (laughs) How's that? What What is that in reference to? I. Yeah, what, what is that? You? I don't know who that is. is. That... The Cubs fans have, we, we want you. We have you. Uh, okay, I, I got it now. All right, so they uh, asked they, <laughs> they signed you, Darvish. I spent the hours doing you Darvish puns. Oh. That, that and the Super Bowl shuffle? No, no. Oh, you, want to, you want to sing the huge Super Bowl shuffle? No, don't <laughs> sure. tempt him, Dave. So I know Hunter him. does. Don't tempt him. <laughs> it it wouldn't be so funny, Hunter, if you didn't hate it. That's why it's hilarious. Uh, no, I know. I wa- it makes me cringe. Don't 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 do it. Don't tempt him. I, I know. I know. That's that is why it's so funny. Yes, that <laughs> but, is true. You know. Well, let right. let me hear from you guys uh, outside of the Chicago market. Uh, as far as your opinion of what you Darvis brings to the Cubs, what the signing makes? It's six-year, $126 million contract to Darvish this week from the Cubs. Basically, he's going to replace Jake Arrieta uh, and is an upgrade over Mike Montgomery, who's going to go back to the bullpen, if I understand that correctly. Um, extremely yeah. talented pitcher. Not, extremely not willingly. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but but Hunter, uh, your team is much closer to competing with the Cubs than than mine. So, uh, did, what kind of reaction did you get, uh, or, or did national fans have with with this signing? Is this a, a, a huge threat, like everyone's kind of saying that that the Cubs are now the favorite in the NL? I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a it's a huge threat. I mean, I think the Nationals' rotations is almost it's probably basically probably just as good um, as theirs. Um, even even though they haven't really added anyone, 
Maybe 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 the Nationals will add Jake Arrieta and uh and bolster <laughs> that if if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's out there to be had. Yeah, yeah. But and they've always been got Boris clients, so you never know. But that's the thing, you know. You look at the the, the uh, Nationals roster and their pitching staff; they do have a strong staff, but there's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. The, the, the top three the, are very good. You know this, and let's talk about the deal for a second because I don't think this is a bad deal. Uh, when you get right down to it, the way the Cubs signed him. Yeah, it's $25 million, but that's about the going rate for a pitcher uh, these days, you know, for a top pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone who you expect to be the ace of your rotation. Now, mm-hmm. Darvis has an opt-out after 219. So, it's possible, you know, if the market improves and, and Darvis uh, wants to opt-out, he can do that. He's going to make $20 million in 2019. Um, but then his, his contract jumps up to $22 million and starts scaling down from there. Uh, 2023, when he's going to be 36 years old, it's going to be an $18 million contract. So um, the Cubs really, this is probably a better contract than they were originally going to offer not only Darvish, but Arietta. Um I forget the numbers that they were uh, Arietta was throwing out, but I think you know it's twenty five million a year, and Darvish. Uh, I think the sixth year actually brought him to Chicago. I think the, you know, I think he was holding out for that sixth year, but that sixth year doesn't kill the Cubs either. I would expect that Arietta was wanted more money than this because uh, you're right. Twenty five million is kind of the going rate for for a, even a number two pitcher, really number one, number two pitcher, and that's kind of what Darvish is. But Arietta is is at least views himself as the dynamite number one ace, one of the best pitchers in the league, Cy Young candidate. So I would expect he wants closer to twenty eight, twenty nine million. Um, so that's probably the difference, right? Well, it's hard to say. He's a Scott Boris, uh, uh, you know, Scott Boris client. So it, it's always hard to say with uh, with Boris. But I would say that's about correct. I haven't seen latest numbers being thrown out for him. But the, the thing with Arietta is he was down in velocity some last year, didn't pitch as many innings, didn't pitch as effectively. Uh, he had the two great years in 2015-2016, won the Cy Young in 2015, but he had a rough time last season. Now, he became a better pitcher uh, as far as using his breaking stuff as the year went on and actually uh, improved in the second half of the season. But, you know, he had a rough, a little bit of a rough year, and I think that's why the Cubs weren't willing to commit that kind of money to Arietta that they did to Darvish. And I think that's completely understandable. Um, but I don't think Darvish comes without risk either. Uh, are you at all concerned about, you know, the World Series appearance appearances that he made? And we talked about that at length, about how he just was terrible in the World Series against the Astros, 0-2, uh, 21 ERA in three innings. I mean, that's not even an ERA worth. Uh, I mean, it's such a small sample size, but it's not. It, it's not an ERA uh, even worth bringing up. It's just so high that. Uh, and and if you look at his overall stats for last year, I mean, obviously much better than 21 ERA, but under 500 record, 3.86 ERA. Uh, even with Arietta's drop in velocity, he had a lower ERA than 3.86. Uh, so uh, Darvish hasn't really been truly elite since his injury. He missed all of 2015, and since then, 17 and 7, 370 ERA over the same span. Arietta's ERA is almost half a run lower. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. Um, but you know, 
Darvis is now uh, he's going to be in his third year off of Tommy John surgery. Uh, he actually pitched a lot more innings last season. He, he got back up to 186 innings and, mm-hmm. you know, 209 strikeouts. So definitely his velocity is back. I don't think the Cubs have any doubts about his velocity. Um, gave up a lot of home runs, but his home runs per nine innings were, were very good at 1.3. So, you know, you can look at things a lot of different ways. I mean, he gave up, you know, the, the fact that his velocity is up, I think is what sold the Cubs on him. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, 10 and 12 during the season last year, uh, but a 386 ERA, it was 383 uh, fielding uh, fielding independent pitching, which some say is a better uh, indication of of what a pitcher has done than uh, ERA. Uh, Arietta, his field independent pitching was 4.16 last season. So you can look at that and say, well, you know, Arietta actually did not pitch as well as his record indicated. As I say, it, it took a while for him to actually get established last season. He had a rough time uh, in April and May and only seemed to really start coming back once his once he started having confidence in his uh, breaking pitch and his, his uh, cut fastball. So, I just think the Cubs feel like there's more of a future with Darvish with his velocity than uh, than what Air, the you know Arietta's been trending downward and and yeah Darvish had a rough time in the World Series last year. There's no mistake in that it was terrible. And yes, I do <laughs> worry about that. Okay. But <laughs> you know, uh, of course I worry about it. But during the season, I mean, the guy is you know lights out and. Uh, I do think the Cubs have the pitching coach who can work with Darvish, and uh, I like Kevin Hickey as pitching coach. So I think that's an advantage for the Cubs, too, is being able to put, uh, you know, they so Darvish. Darvish was tipping pitches last year in the World Series. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how that carries over into the season. But I, I'm, I'm, I think with with Darvish, now you got Quintana, uh, Tyler Chatwood, who signed earlier in the season, and John Lester. You know, that's a pitching staff you can put up with anybody in the major leagues. Does the Darvish edition make the Cubs the favorite in the NL? Uh, I say it does, yes. Okay. Fake news. I definitely say it does. <laughs> Hunter's. Hunter, you want to uh, chime in before we move on, or or uh, do you want to leave it at fake news? That is fake, that is fake news. Fake news. I would say the I would say the Dodgers are still the favorite, but uh, did the Cubs close the gap? I think they did. I think they did. Uh, I, I I'm gonna try and, and it's my 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 answer is complicated, but I think they would be better off with Arietta this season. But in the long run, I think they are better off with Darvish over Arietta, and Darvish is obviously an upgrade over Mike Montgomery. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely an upgrade over Mike Montgomery. And <laughs> Montgomery, as I say, he's not happy about having to go back to the bullpen, but, you know, that's where the Cubs need him, and that's just where where he's going to end up. So, you know, not much he can do to complain. Yeah. Well, Dave, um, you know, Pirates fans, they can live with uh, David Freeze calling out the entire organization yesterday. Those comments were awesome, by the way. Yeah, I was hoping that we'd have time to bring that up just briefly. And, and yeah, I did really enjoy uh, David Freeze's uh, very honest uh, assessment of himself and the Pirates locker room and uh, the Pirates organization. Um, if, you, if you're a Pirates fan and you haven't listened to his his I don't know if it's a rant. I mean, he wasn't angry, but he was very honest in in, in uh, his assessment of where the Pirates are headed. You should check it out on on Twitter. I think if you just 
search David Freeze, it probably will come up in, in Twitter. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was very refreshing, Hunter. Well, yeah, considering that you know the Pirates have already thrown in the towel on the season, even though they won't admit it. Um, oh, oh my God! You missed Clint Hurdle's best quote this week. He said, <laughs> "Everyone's going to be wrong when we uh, when we bring a banner to the city." And everyone just started laughing. It's like Clint Hurdle, just stop talking, man. God, but that's what he has to say, Hunter. I mean, he's the I, manager I of the I team. Know. <laughs> I know. He, he, and he has no he, he hasn't done any of the uh the trades or anything. So I'm not gonna yeah. criticize Clint Hurdle. It's his job to be the eternal optimist. And he's great at it. He is a great eternal optimist. He's just as good as Joe Madden at being optimistic. So uh, he just doesn't who's have it. Who's gonna believe that garbage? Who's gonna believe that garbage? No he has one. to convince his players but that they have a chance. He can't come out and say that we have no chance to win. We're going nowhere. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. in February when he first started. Because he's going to lose his clubhouse. I mean, right, my yeah. God. And he should be fired if he thinks they don't have a chance. He has to believe they have a chance. Oh, yeah. I know. He's the manager I, I was of the team. Saying, I was mostly saying <laughs> for the fans. Because, like, I know they won't buy it. Players well, may. But it doesn't matter. But Clint Hurdle has to sell it. Yeah. I, I as a fan, as a Pirates fan, I had no problem with what Clint Hurdle said. He has to he has to be the eternal optimist. And, and you I mean, know the what? Browns have to say that. The Browns have they, to they, too. <laughs> you comparing the Pirates to the Browns? Someone did. I saw someone actually did compare the Pirates to the Browns this week, so it was actually kinda of funny. I, I thought David putting a a a end a, a, uh, a, a, a uh, final thought on on what David Freeze said. I thought Freeze did a great job of of not just he didn't just rip the organization. You know he he it was an honest assessment of where the Pirates are headed. He criticized himself as well. He said we have to get better. We have to install a winning environment here. That winning environment is no longer here. What well, it was here in 2014 and 2015. Uh, and, and so you can say he ripped the organization. I, I guess he did, but it was a honest assessment of it and and, and a way uh, and a path to get better. So yeah, he he didn't take Hurdle's approach and just spew off what you're calling is baloney. But he also wasn't just highly critical and, and didn't include himself in, in the assessment. I, I, he, he honestly wants to get better, and, and, and I think Freeze believes that if they do install that winning environment, they can compete this season. He said that the Pirates have talent, which I was kind of surprised, but he said the young guys are, mm-hmm. are, are pretty good in the Pirates organization. So we'll see. Well, I, guess, I guess we will see. We have a tweet from Gary, and, and uh, he's weighing in on the Freeze thing. He, he asks, do you guys think Pirates front office will tr- will dump Freeze because of uh, his rant oh, yesterday? Yeah. I, I saw that on Twitter. Someone, it said, they'll trade him for like a class like C prospect, and I kind of laughed. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess it's possible. I hope yeah, they don't, because uh, I think Freeze is a, is a veteran that – this team really needs right now. You know, it would be kind of amateurish if uh, the Pirates did that. Um, I think, you know, they're not looking at things honestly, you know. I mean, it wasn't completely negative the way Freeze came out with it. So, um you know, he does understand. You know, he's a competitor. I don't think it's going to hurt him with the Pirates. I really do think um, he's trying to to, to lead, and uh, maybe that's not necessarily the way to do it all the time, but, but he's trying to, to be a voice of the team. And and he has to be. They just traded their ace and their best player. So And Josh Harrison right. wants to lead. So, and I don't blame yeah. Josh Harrison for wanting to leave, but if, if he wants out, he's not going to be the leader of the team. So it falls no. on guys like Francisco Cervelli and, and David Freeze and, and Sean Rodriguez, guys that aren't necessarily the best players on the team, but they've been around the longest. And 
And they were there when they were winning. Or I guess Freeze wasn't, but the other two guys were. So it falls on those guys. And Freeze, I, I love that he's taking on the responsibility of, of maybe being one of the team's leaders. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing too. And um, you're right, Dave. Somebody's got to do it without the cuts in there. Well, before we move on to the Olympics, I want to talk about the baseball free agency. And we talked at length about Arietta and, and how, yeah, he had an up and down season last year. It took him a while to get going, as you said, Tom, but he did pull things together. Uh, but he's still a free agent. And it's, you can't really say it's just because of his agent, because there's a lot of free agents out there that good, good players, star players that are not signed. J.D. Martinez, Eric Hosmer, Mike yep. Moustakas, Jose Batista, Jonathan Lucroy, Brandon Phillips, Neil Walker. Those are just some of the names that are still available on the free agent market. Uh, Tom, I know you have a lot to say on this, I think. Uh, has the free agency bubble kind of burst in baseball? And is this good or bad for, for the game, the fact that these, these stars are not getting major contracts this year? I think it's terrible for the game. I think it's, I think it's awful. You know, tell me you can't use Jake Arrieta on a pitching stick. Um, you know, there's a lot of contending teams out there, and you try and convince me that you can't use Jake Arrieta uh, on your staff, you know, proven winner, proven guy, come through in the playoffs, been one of the best playoff pitchers the last couple of years, and uh, you're saying you can't use him. Tell me that J.D. Martinez is not going to make somebody's health feel better. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Alex Cobb, um, you know, I don't know what it is. John Lester had some things to say about this uh, this past week, a couple of days ago, and got very um, was very frank, very honest about it, and said there's no reason why Jake Arrieta or J.D. Martinez or any of these guys should have to sign a one-year deal. That's ridiculous. Uh, he says there's too much money in the game. There's money there to be spent, and for whatever reason, it's not being set, spent. So, you know, and, and he's right. There is plenty of money in the game. There's, you know, there, you know, just over time, you know that these uh, yearly contracts are going to go up a bit. I don't think they've hit a bubble with these contracts. It's just. You know, and, and I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, and he went on to talk about uh, the pitching. He says it's alarming. I don't understand it. We're not talking about middle relievers with 5.0 ERAs. So, mm-hmm. and he talked about the fact that uh, teams might be holding on to some money because, you know, Harper, uh, Manny Machado, uh Clayton Kershaw, although I don't think he's going to hit the market, but in, in, in relation to the you know Major League Baseball luxury tax, which to me is ridiculous. I, it's, most of these teams have enough money that the luxury tax actually means nothing to them. But <laughs> you know, it's it it's it, 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 it surprising. It also tells me that. You know, maybe this strategy of tanking, uh, going with younger players, trying to build your prospects, trying to get prospects in your system, uh, might be hurting the free agent market too. And I haven't really heard this brought up much, but a, a lot of teams are kind of staying away from free agents, letting you know, kind of taking the Cubs and Astros model, you know. Uh, Scrape in the bottom of the league for a couple of years with building up great farm systems, and then you know the Cubs win the World Series, and now the Astros have won the World Series. And you know, four or five years ago, they were the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to present a counter argument and, and argue about maybe teams getting smart, smarter with their money, but you know, your argument was so good, Tom. I, I think I'm going to just throw out my argument. <laughs> wow. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, the money, there's so much money in the game. It, it, it really, I, I don't care how much the guys make. You know, if Arietta's is going to make $25 million or $30 million, it doesn't make much difference to me. But the guy should be on a team. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah, of course. And, and the thing is, I thought when the Darvish domino fell that, you know, like the dominoes like Arietta and Cobb would have fallen in place. It's really surprised me that they haven't. But then you get some secondary pitchers on the market. I mean, you, again, tell me that Lance Lynn would not help your rotation. Um, you know, not not one of the great pitchers in the league, but a guy who takes the ball every five days, goes out, gives it some solid innings, uh, eats up innings, wins you know, 13, 14, 15 games a year. You, you tell me that's not worthwhile on a pitching staff? Uh, Jaime Garcia is still sitting out there. I'm waiting to be signed, you know, as I say, not a top pitcher in the league, but somebody you can plug into your third or fourth spot in rotation. And it, it, it's just, it, it's absolutely stunning to me that, you know, teams, it, it seems like teams are willing to let their records suffer to actually sign one of these guys. And I know you're, you're talking about a long-term commitment, but I think you yeah. can get Lance Lynn for three years and an option. But they're still not even going to commit to that. So, yeah, it, it, it really seems like the long-term commitment is, is the issue. And, and I think you brought up a great point with the tanking, and maybe that's uh, what teams are viewing as the best way to, to getting to a World Series is to be bad for a few years. But the, the argument I was going to make was that there are a lot of players – at least 31 years old. There's eight guys that are at least 31 years old that are still owed at least a hundred million dollars. And maybe teams, a lot of those guys are on bad teams and, and yeah, maybe that's true. The, that, the, the idea that, you know, I'm going to pay Zach Grinky a ridiculous amount of money at 31. is just not really appealing to teams anymore. Robinson Cano is 35 years old. He's got six years left on his deal. Albert Pujols is one of those eight guys. He's 38. And he's still owed a million dollars. That's a huge, uh, I'm sorry, a hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars. You still owe. That is a huge amount of money going to a guy that is kind of just baggage at this point. I know Pujols was one of the greatest players I've ever seen, but at 38, he's bringing down your your uh, your your team at this point. And the Angels are are uh, have really struggled the last couple of years to put a winner together. So. I just named Cano, Grinky. I know the Diamondbacks were, were good last year, but a lot of these guys are on bad teams, and maybe teams are looking further ahead than just this year. If you look at this year, yeah, all the guys we named, those free agents, absolutely should be on a team. But is Jake Arrieta worth six-year, seven-year deal, whatever he wants, when you're going to have him at 35, 36, 37, and he's not going to be producing what he's worth at that point? And that's the problem because the Cubs weren't going to come. The Cubs were not going to go six years with Arietta based on what they saw last season. Uh, and I don't blame them for and, that. And I think that's right. a very smart assessment. You know, and one of the problems here too is, and, and you can blame the players' association for this. Players are under team control for a lot longer. They don't reach their free agent years until twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Um, sometimes 30, depending on when they broke in. And it's hard to get that big payday right now once you hit 30. Uh, Because, yeah, teams don't want to commit to it. So, you know, some of it is the fact that uh, you've got guys who are under your control and you don't want to bring in that kind of free agent. But still, a lot of the guys I see on this list can definitely help teams uh, compete and put them in the position to compete for the playoffs and, and make their teams exciting and watchable. As you always like to say, Tom, you can only win next year's championship. So these guys could help you win in 2018, even if you got to sign them to a five, six, seven year deal. Um, but we got to move on, guys. We have some other just, great just, topics. Just, can, I, can I make one more? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Know, sure. Um, the fact that. You know, the Cubs are into uh, uh, Jason Hayward for a lot of money. And for, the, I think, the next six years still. But you you look at what Hayward did in 2016 in the seventh game of the World Series when that young team was about ready to fall apart when the Indians came back, tied that game. And that team was very shaken. 
and might have actually gone on to lose that game if it weren't for the fact of the rain delay, because Hayward gathered that team around him and kind of got their focus back on the game, kind of gave them their confidence back, uh, reminded them who they were, and then, you know, they they went out and and won the game, won the World Series. So you're going to tell me that Jason Hayward, you know, was that terrible of a signing? Yeah, you still owe him a lot of money for the next uh, six years. But, you know, you got a lot of payback in 2016 when, when you know, he didn't hit. But he was one of the keys to the fact that that team did win because he, he, he brought that team back under control. If you sign J.D. Martinez this year to a six-year deal – and he helps you win the World Series in 2018 and then stinks the next five years, he, it's worth the contract. He's worth steal, yes. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, the I Cubs completely agree won, The Cubs won with Jason Hayward the first year they signed him. You know, they, they won the deal because they won a World Series. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if we have any listeners out there that want to weigh in on free agency, uh Give us a call, 516-387-1417. We also want to hear your Olympic opinions. Are you watching the Olympics or are you not? Why or why not? Give us a call. Also tweet at us at WKD Sports Huddle. Today's show is brought to you by author Marco Zacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Before we get going anymore, guys, I do want to give a shout out to my mom who's listening it's her birthday today, so happy birthday, Mom. You're almost as famous as Jim Brown and Michael Jordan, who you share a birthday with. Happy birthday to your mom, Dave. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy so, birthday. Yeah, you know, all the best wishes for me. And, uh, yeah, happy birthday. Well, Hunter, let's let you kick off this next part of our show with the Olympics I know you have a lot to say on, on men's hockey, um, but just the Olympics overall, are you watching any of the snowboarding, uh, the curling, the, 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 the skeleton, any of those events uh, are you tuning no. in for? No. No. <laughs> no. no. I haven't really wow. I haven't turned, I haven't tuned much into it. Uh, no, I've, I've, uh, I've had some work to do. I've been playing Fortnite, um, which you two people do not know what it is. Ugh. Oh, you know what? Uh, I looked it that, up, and and I'm not gonna play that, Hunter. I, 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 that, that, you know what, that's Dave? a week. That that's a week in Britain, isn't it, uh, Dave? Fortnite. Oh. <laughs> you people. A, a, a week in what? In uh, England, isn't that what they call you know a Fortnite? Tom, stop, Tom, stop. Oh. It's it's oh. the it's all the millennials today, Tom. I just don't I don't you know. I, don't I know. Millennials. Oh, so oh. <laughs> I say that sarcastically, yeah. Hunter. I, I, I know, Dave. That. We oh. just we just don't we just don't get these kids. I tell you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom is, Tom doesn't Tom doesn't play too many video games anyway, so it's okay. It's okay, Tom. But um, Tom was busy going out and playing baseball when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> and playing football and actually playing uh, sports. I used to do that. I used to do that. But, do you uh, play any sports games, Hunter? Or is it is it all this this action action I play uh, video? Uh, I play NHL, I play NHL eighteen sometimes. That game really uh, ticks me off because people just do the same thing when you play online. It's just a centering pass. It's very annoying. Uh, I'm usually very good though, but um play that. I play a couple uh there's a Lord of the Rings game that comes out every year uh a couple years. Uh Star Wars games. Those are good. But other than that, that's really all I play. It's not it's not that much when I have free time. Alright, alright. Do you ever play right, but, Mario Kart or are you too young for no, Mario Kart? I never played I never played that game. I know what oh. that is though. I didn't play it. I didn't play Mario Kart. I I occasionally break out Madden. I think it's Madden 2010. Brett Favre is on the cover. Oh my God, Madden! And uh, I have an expan. I did an expansion draft, and I've got Adrian Peterson, who's like 24, and Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback at 23. It's great. 
And uh, <laughs> and uh, so I play that occasionally. And then my sister and I have a Christmas Eve tradition where we play all 16 races in Mario Kart. And usually I go like 15 and one. I let her win one. <laughs> oh, that's oh, nice of you. That I know. I, I, you know, Christmas spirit. I got to let her win one time. Yeah, you, you, you do. You do. But uh, going back to the Olympics, Dave, I want you to know if you've ever heard of these. I, I did tune in to, to the shootout of Canada versus Czech Republic, you know, just to see, um, you know, how it goes. Because I, I want to see Canada lose at least once because they never lose in uh, international <laughs> events in hockey. And so they tried out first shooter, Maxime Lapierre. I'm like, oh, my God, he's still on the team. Remember he played for Pittsburgh days? I vaguely remember that. When was that? Uh, it was the 2014-15 season under Mike Johnston. Yeah, they traded him for Marcel Gotch. That, oh, my God, I can't believe I remember that. All right, I remember the guy he got traded for. Okay. okay Who yeah. else you got? Derek, Derek Roy. Uh, is, it, is it not Waugh? Is he not related to Patrick Waugh? I was oh, about Derek to Wall. say, you know, are, are you yeah. sure it wasn't uh, Patrick Waugh? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's not Patrick Waugh. No, I, it could be Derek Waugh, but yeah, but okay. he he's on there. Um, what, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his first name. His last name's Wolski, like Wojtek Wolski or something. Um, Andrew Ebbett. Um, just a bunch of Ben Scrivens. Just a bunch of people. I don't. I just don't know. It was just fun to see how they played in the shootout. I wanted to see how their moves were. And Czech Republic beat them. I didn't know anyone on the Czech Republic team, so. But, oh, Czech Republic yeah. won that game? They beat them in the shootout, yeah, that, that was just kind of sad. Wow. All right. But 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 this morning, so Russia destroyed uh, the United States for nothing, and uh, apparently the United States head coach was mad that the Russian team put out their top power play at the end of the game in a 4-0 uh, game when I think one of the biggest stats is goal differential. And apparently he, like, whined to, like, the media about it. And it's like, you know what? This is why US, USA hockey is a joke, and it's going to continue <laughs> to be a joke. This is why U.S. hockey get these get these fools you, out of the program, man. Oh, are you sure that matter. the coach of USA hockey isn't still John Tortorella? Because that guy whines more than anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Tony Granado is the head coach this year. He used to. Uh, okay. I think he coached. Yeah, he uh, he coached under Dan Bosman, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, all kinds of Penguins well, connections. Tony Granato actually has the distinction of not even being the best hockey player in his family. <laughs> his sister's the better player, I think, than he was. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I saw I, I saw some of the highlights. Ilya Kovalchuk went off. Um, I can't wait till he comes back to the league next year. He is coming back, by the way, and. Um, yeah, yeah, USA, uh, they're they're not good. But um, overall, uh, Dave, are you watching the Olympics? Tom, are you watching? Actually, I haven't watched any of it. You're playing Fortnite there's too much. A, there's there's uh, nothing that really grabs me about it. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked. Have the ratings been up or down for the Olympics? Um, I, I have I not looked checked. either. I have not. Uh, yeah, it's something we'll we'll check out for next week. I'm, I'm I haven't seen anything about the ratings either. Um, but I have tuned in. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to tr- pretend that I really care about them. I, I I but I do like watching some of the events. I worked from home yesterday. I had it on TV all day long. I was watching USA versus Sweden in curling, and boy, the USA oh. is not good in that sport. Or or maybe Sweden is really good. Um, I don't know much about curling, but I could tell that, that Sweden was much better. Still learning the rules, but the, the, the Swedes were dominating the U.S. It's shuffleboard with big, 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 big uh, pieces and rules. And it, but I, 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 yeah. how's the scoring work? So it, if, if, you, you get, if you train as a janitor for, for four years, you, you can handle a broom on a curling team. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. If I'm going to do any of these winter sports, it would be curling. I'm not doing skeletons where you lay on your stomach and you go 75 miles per hour down a hill. 
I'm not doing the long hill jump, the uh, ski jumping, whatever that's called, where you go down a, a big hill and you go flying in the air. I, I don't think I would even break my leg, guys. I think I would die if I had to do one of these events. You would, yeah, you would. You would. Have you watched Lindsay Vaughn? <laughs> I know she's outstanding. Lindsay Vaughn. And, you know, no, I hear, she is outstanding, and there's a lot of outstanding people in these Olympics, but uh, I'm going to go back a ways and, and kind of, you know, before you two, either of you were kind of, you know, little tadpoles uh, swimming around. And, Not again. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, ABC used to do the Olympics every four years. I mean, it was, it was practically ABC owned the Olympics. And ABC had a show every Saturday called Wide Worlds of Sports. And they showed all these sports in between the Olympics. You got to see these ski racers. You got to see bobsledding. You got to see ice skating, uh, speed skating, uh, track and field. You, you saw this stuff. You actually ended up with a, I mean, the Americans, USA was never very good in any of the ski events. Or, but, but you knew who the players were in a lot of these sports because you watched it on Saturday afternoons. So, and, and I think that does hurt because I don't think a lot of these uh, sports get the visibility that they used to get in between the Olympics. And Jim McKay was the host. And Jim McKay was the host. Jim McKay, <laughs> uh, what what Bob Costas has always strived to be but has never reached. Jim McKay was the consummate host. He was he was incredible. But I mean, Saturday afternoons you watch Pro Bowlers tour and then you watch Wide World of Sports. You know, and that's that's what you did every Saturday. It's what everybody did. And that's why you knew who these people were when you got to the Olympics. It was like the fortnight of uh, the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was watching bowling. You you watched bowling with Chris Sankle, and then you watched Wide World of Sports with Tim McKay. Oh, man. I I think in Fortnite, I'm going to make you download that game. I'm not downloading that game. No. <laughs> uh, no, but, but no, I'm, I'm just not. saying, you know, it it it, it helps to build uh, an audience for a sport that when you get to the Olympics, you have an idea of what the records are. You know who the the main competition is. Uh, you yeah. know who the the main American uh, competitors are. And I just looked it up, and it's. And one of the headlines I see on, on Google is 2018 Winter Olympics hits new low for second night. So apparently they're not doing very well as, on uh, television as, uh, you know, I don't know if it's making back the money they spent to broadcast this, but, but mm-hmm. apparently the ratings are not holding up to these games. And I think that's because a lot of these sports are – out of the limelight for four years. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Waiting. Yeah, I've been waiting for Tom's rant on the uh, hockey, uh, so I've just been waiting for that. But Tom did make well, a very good point there. But before we get to that, uh, and I do want to get to that, I do want to bring up. I enjoy watching Chloe Kim win the gold in the in the snowboarding. That is one thing that I watched, and she's she's very kind good. of become one of the faces of the Olympics for the United States, anyway. United, the other problem is United States, they're not winning many events right now. So I think that's no, another thing that, that America, Americans tuning in maybe are tuning out because we're not winning anything. And that's but not again, anybody's fault, but except the Americans. Years ago, you did, it didn't matter that the Americans weren't winning as many events because you knew, you've seen all these other uh skiers, skaters from other countries, you had seen them enough that you knew who they were. You had your favorites even from other countries. Yeah. Okay. I see your point. I see your point. And the other thing I wanted to make about uh, point I wanted to make about the the general events other than other than the team events like hockey, um I, I can't stand Sean White White right now. 
and he's kind of the face, the other face of the United States, at least the face going into the games of the United States. And no one is talking about the sexual harassment case settlement that he had, uh, I think it was a year and a half ago, August 2016. And I just wanted to bring it up real quickly. We're not going to go into it in probably the amount of depth that we should, but I wanted to mention it because no one else is mentioning it. No one else is talking about it. And I think it's a real crime that we're just going to pin this guy up as a gold medal winner, three-time gold medalist, I think, and one of the best athletes in uh, American uh, Winter Olympic Games history. But he's got this awful uh, case against him. Uh, He used to be in a band called Bad Things, which is like the worst name for a band I've ever heard, first of all. And <laughs> what was it? Bad Things. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can so, go take uh, that, a tramp for the next half hour and come up with a dozen better band names than that. <laughs> oh, my God. And in in the band, one, one of the band, I guess he ran the band, uh, and one of his band members, uh, a woman... He repeatedly sexually harassed her and forced his authoritarian management style on her for over seven years. For over oh, seven gosh. years. What a way to say it. I, I, yeah. I encourage everybody to check out the time.com story on Sean White. Um, and I'm going to read one more uh, quote that, from the, the suit that said White sent sexually explicit and graphic images to uh, – I'm not going to be able to pronounce the woman's last name, Uh, but he sent her uh, pictures of engorged and erect penises, forced her to watch sexually disturbing videos, including videos sexualizing human fecal matter and made vulgar sexual remarks to her. You know, I, I I haven't read the details of it. I do know about the case, but you know, and, and that's the thing is he's one of the people that the general public does know, and that's why NBC makes him the face of the Olympics, even though he's got this, he's done these terrible things, and, and but but nobody wants to talk about it because you're, you're wrecking the, you know, you know, the NBC has a televised story that they want to tell, and this right. doesn't fit with the narrative that they want to tell. But mm. yeah, I mean, he was disgusting. He was terrible to this woman, and, yeah. and and this is the one who came forward. We're not we're not even probably talking about the the dozens who who never came forward about this guy. Yeah, and and finally, a media member asked him about the case, and his response was, "I'm not going to talk about gossip." Oh, and no. he has since apologized he, for using the word gossip, but this is. Get this guy off my TV. He just, I, I can't stand him. So I, I agree. I've enjoyed the Olympics. Other than that, I, I, again, I enjoy Chloe Kim. Even though the U.S., they're not winning many events, I, I've tried to tune in when I have free time. But, man, I cannot stand Sean White. And last but not least, Gary Bettman, bring back the NHL players for the next Olympics, you freaking dummy. hate that guy. <laughs> well, the hell of it is, is, if, if the NHL was there, and Dave, I know you and I talked about this before, you know, you, you're getting exposure for your, your young players. I mean, yeah. everybody's seeing your young talent and getting exposure to your teams, getting exposure to the, the playoffs and the way the playoffs are, are setting up. And, you know, everybody will be talking NHL right now. Who's talking NHL right now? On the national stage, who's talking NHL? Well, that's the way it is. Their network isn't showing any NHL games during the Olympics because I think they're really ticked off that the players didn't go. The only games that are shown are on like on those Sunday games, those afternoon games on NBC. That's it. No NBCSN games at all. So they're pretty ticked off about it, I think. I think they are getting back to the NHL for it. Yes, I think that is a definite reason why they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Last spring, I agree with you, Tom, and I, 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 I don't like that the NHL players aren't there. I obviously would rather them be there. But I think there's two sides to this. 
I have not watched. I watched one men's hockey game this week. Uh-huh. I, I watched the Penguins as I normally do. So I, I, who's losing in this? I don't think the NHL is losing because uh, they're not losing necessarily as much as the, the Olympic the Committee. The, Olymp- the fans are losing, you're right. And the, I think the Olympics have lost a lot more because the product is awful. Nobody wants to watch the product because yeah. you tune in for stars. And if the stars aren't there, then I'm going to watch the NHL. And, I'm not and seeing I, the best I, players in the world. And, and I, exactly. Right, you're not. And, and I agree with you that the Olympics gives the NHL tremendous exposure. But this Olympics, the games are at 7 a.m., 10 p.m. What kind of exposure are you getting? Is it worth the is that little exposure worth the injury risk and the the lack of their, they, the the IOC didn't want to pay for their housing, didn't want to pay any insurance on the players? It's not worth it to the owners to send the players when they're not they're, the the return on the exposure is so little because they're playing in South Korea. It's a shame. But I think that's a big, big reason why. The games aren't in prime time. You said yourself this week, Hunter, when we were talking, you, you wouldn't watch them anyway because the games are at 10 and 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah, the U.S. played at 7, 10 a.m. I think if, if, if all the young talent was there, Austin Matthews, um, everyone said, I think a lot of people actually would wake up because, you know, okay. the, the U.S. would be stacked. If they if – they, chose an all-skilled team, which they probably wouldn't because USA Hockey is a joke run by dinosaurs, <laughs> um, they, they, they would have a hell of a team. Oh, they, they, they really would. Be, You're right. You're right. And, I, and, I wish, and people I would wish, wake up I for I still it. wish we get that. But, yeah. but my yeah. point is, tonight, if you're going to watch, if you have the choice between watching the Olympics or watching Olympic hockey – or the Penguins and Maple Leafs, you're going to watch the Stars. You're going to watch Crosby and Matthews play in the NHL. So is the NHL really yeah. losing? Because you're still watching the NHL. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're still not getting the national exposure that you would have gotten with your players at the Olympics. Yeah. You create new stars. Nobody new knew fans. who T.J. Oshie was until, you know, he had that great shootout uh, – match, you know, nobody knows, you know, it establishes guys in everybody's minds that you can take them back to the NHL and say, oh, yeah, I remember this guy, so I'm playing the Olympics. You know, this That's guy true. did a great That's job, a great right? And now you know, we have so, Yoshi as the most overrated player in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it. it yeah, the, you know, there's arguments on both sides, Dave, and I do agree with what you're bringing up, the fact that the Olympic Committee didn't want to commit to uh, some of the, the costs of bringing NHL players to their games. Um, but, you know, I, I think both sides lose in this in this instance. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that's, that's very true. Both, both sides agree. are losing. And I, think, I just think the Olympics have lost more, if there is such a thing. Mm. Well, today's show was brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you towards wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Next, we got about 90 seconds left. Next week, we will be talking NHL trade deadline. The deadline is on February 26th. We've got to push it back again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing at Hunter, Tom? No, no. It's just a fact that we never seem to get to the NHL. There's things to yeah. talk about. I know. <laughs> well, we did talk hockey today, Hunter. Yes, we yeah, did. We did. Olympic hockey, Olympic hockey, and how much I love to bash Team USA. I love doing that, guys. I, I do as well. <laughs> I've really started liking bashing Team USA as well. So uh, Next week, I think Hunter and I will finally get to our Ryan Reeves discussion uh, our debate there. Maybe he'll score another and goal this week. He, he might deadline. score another goal this week. He's on fire. And add to my argument. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's playing better. It's playing better. But we'll see if it continues. Okay. And we'll, we'll also get to the Blackhawks, um, even though they seem to be fading down the stretch here. Um, and, so they've uh, been lost eight in a row. Tom, falling. Now they're free-falling. Man, it sounds like Ooh. you should go sing in that Bad Things band, Hunter. Oh, yeah, I know. I should. Yeah. I, I had 
I had to bust out the Tom Petty there. I think I could sing better than you, Hunter. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear that. <laughs> well, that's that's all the time we have today. Again, we'll, we'll try and go heavy NHL next week with the trade deadline, Ryan Reeves, and some Blackhawks talk. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle. Give us a like on Facebook. Search Weekend Sports Huddle. We'll be next. Next, we'll be back next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time.